0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back again to another episode of the 100 series, Every Day Awesome Podcast. My name is Jawan Arrington. And as always, we have an amazing person from right here in the Quad Cities who is tearing it up, doing awesome things. And they're going to come here and they're going to share with you guys some of the cool things that he's been up to here. So hopefully you can take a few things away, a few pointers to go out there and make your lives a little bit more awesome yourself. And I'm super excited. I have a a buddy of mine. He's been featured on the 100 series several times in the past. This is his first time here on the podcast, and we have barber extraordinaire Miguel Rosas of the New Style Hair Academy, New Style Barbershop now. How you doing, man? I'm not doing too bad, not doing too bad. um,
1: yeah, so right now, uh, and then you, you forgot to mention, too, new style, new style Hair Salon as well in Iowa.
0: Oh, man, you got another one. Nice. Right, right now. Nice. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that one here in a second. But uh-huh. for everyone out there who doesn't know who you are and some of the things that you're up to, why don't you go ahead and just give everybody a little – a brief little synopsis as to who is Miguel Rosas? Okay, so my name
1: is Miguel Rosas. I am from Rock Island, Illinois. I graduated from Rocky in 2003. I went to Barber College while I was in high school. So like my junior year, I would get out halfway through the day and I would attend the Barber College, actually my junior and senior year. So I did that for those two years. And then I graduated Barber College. Um, Probably actually, I didn't graduate till about two years after I graduated high school because while I was in barber college, I actually started attending Blackhawk for some business classes and, you know, kind of kind of veered away from the barbering for a little while to try to figure out, you know, the future of, of, of running businesses and things like that. But, uh, you know, in a nutshell, I've been cutting hair since I was about six, t- well, professionally in barber college since I was 16, but I started cutting my own hair when I was 12 years old. Um, so I'm 36 now. So what is that? 14? Uh, four- uh my math here was 18 years
0: so it's a long longer longer life
1: there i don't know i'm a barber i'm not a mathematician okay that's but crazy I'm,
0: that's cool though man to say that yeah. you've been doing it for almost 20 years and you're still in your 30s
1: yeah i've been doing it for a long time so uh you know i currently uh just been staying busy with everything that's going on you know uh trying to trying to really find ways to adapt to the way the economy is changing you know so um, I have some things in the works right now too that we'll we'll, uh, we'll get to more but but yeah you know I've, I've, I've traveled all around the uh, United States I've been to a couple of different countries now I work for a, a clipper company as well called wall clipper which mm-hmm. is in Sterling Illinois So what I do for them is I I do a few different things. Um, One of the things that I do is I'm a platform artist. So what that means is, like, you ever seen, like, on Instagram or, like, just you've probably heard about, like, these big barber shows where, you know, you'll see, like, these stages where people have, you know, they're mic'd up and they're on a stage with the tools and they have a model and they're cutting hair. You know, they're talking to the crowd about what they're doing to display the haircut, the techniques and the tools. So I kind of I do things like that. You know, uh, from anywhere from Chicago to uh, Las Vegas, just all over the place. That's more of the uh, really exciting part of being the educator, and you also have. And I wouldn't say that the other stuff is not exciting because it's it's fun as well. But then you also have more of the calm where you're in a class with maybe anywhere from 20 to 50 people, and you're doing more of a one uh, more of a. Uh, it's not so loud hair show environment you know what i mean it's more enclosed calm it's quiet where i'm demonstrating how to use the tools so i'll do that as well and i travel around um usually i do that like on the weekends because i can't you know takes up a lot of time obviously uh right uh, with everything that i have going on I, it's hard to find time to do too much extra but so i do that um i own a barber i own a barbershop in moline new style barbershop which i started in 2008 I worked there, um, and then as time went on, I added more and more barbers to it. It is now a self-sustaining uh, business um, that I don't have to necessarily be there in order for it to be ran properly. I have a facilitator that manages, you know, my things as far as like products that I need to maintain the business—paper towels, alcohol, all that kind of stuff. She collects my chair rent from the guys and pretty much, you know, brings out all that right to me. Um, I got I, I started a barber college in 2018 on Avenue of the Cities in Moline because um mainly I thought, well, I love being a barber, but eventually I'm gonna get old and I need to figure a way to use the notoriety that I've done, that I've made for myself, you know, with the traveling and the barber shows and the hair competitions I used to get into. I should use that notoriety to create a business that i could probably most likely capitalize off of you know this guy who's doing all this crazy hair art and, and by the way yeah for those that don't know i do a lot of crazy hair designs that's one of the things that really set me apart you know i could put like a portrait in the back of your head of somebody's face and stuff like that and and i've gotten known for that so with having like those credentials and you know that type of notoriety i figured a barber college would be the perfect business to start because if I can do that kind of stuff and teach it to people, even just basic haircuts, you know, I created a brand that people would believe in because I made it from the ground up. And so once I started that barber college, it was kind of like the fill the dreams. If you build it, they will come. And that's pretty much what happened. You know, I I I created this barber college and it got filled up pretty quick, and that's been running pretty smooth. So, um, yeah, I mean that's that's going well and I still I still do my teaching uh outside the school. I still do my hair shows. Right now with COVID and everything going on though, we haven't been doing a whole lot just because like travel restriction uh, restrictions and you know not being able to be around a lot of people and stuff like that. But there's just a lot <laughs> there's a lot uh that I got going on so it's like it's all over the place kind of, but for the most part it's I have it all under control just because I've created systems, you know, um, an entrepreneurial, you know, mindset of being able to really, um, have things that work for you without you being there only works if you have a system. So like I said, like my barbershop, you know, the guys pay chair rent. I don't have to be there to monitor their money. You know, there's certain little rules but for the most part they're their own bosses they have you know they don't really have to report to me as long as they pay their rent. you know everything's good everything's respectful people are clean you know just like any business you know good customer service respectful of clients being on time things like that you know as long as all that is going the way it's supposed to it works fine and then uh like this we you know a couple a year ago we um created the new style hair salon in Davenport. I have a really great staff out there, a really good manager who manages everything. So with the right team, you know, my systems seem to work out pretty well so far. And uh, I don't have to necessarily be there monitoring people and phone, you know, everything's done right off the phone. You know, either you have cameras on your phone, so you can kind of see what's going on. You can make, you know, call people, text messaging them. Um, you know, phone apps to monitor, you know, money coming in, money going out, emailing your accountants, like, you know, monthly sales tax and things like that. So it's kind of cool to be able to make those moves, right? From I could be laying in my bed on a Sunday morning, you know, shooting out emails of people and messaging people. But that's the beauty of, you know, an entrepreneurial, uh, an entrepreneur is like, everybody has their option and their choice of how they have their business set up. And the goal to me is, or, you know, my goal is to create a system that makes my life the easiest, you know, uh, the less work that you have to do, the better, but you have to put a lot of work in to get to that position. It's kind of like, it's kind of like seeing a huge mountain, you know, you're at the bottom of this big, big mountain, and you're just looking up. And you might have a 100 people down there, and everybody sees, like, a huge golden nugget at the top, and everybody wants it. Everybody wants it. But only a couple people know what it takes to get to there. to get there. Only a couple people have the endurance, motivation, and passion to find a way to climb up that mountain to get to that golden nugget a lot of people are going to try they're going to climb they're going to climb and they're going to fall down because they're going to give up or they don't have the right tools you know uh they're not taking the right path but it's like when you finally get to the top of the mountain it took a lot of blood sweat and tears to get there but you finally made it to where you want to be you 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 got that golden nugget and now you got you're going to grab your golden nugget and you're going to you know get back down but That's the easy part. Like once you got to where you want to be, now you created that system where everything else is a coast. You're coasting from there. So some people may look at a guy who's like, you know, oh, well, I can, you know, he's, he's got it easier. He's got it made. But what some people need to understand is there is a huge path of obstacles that a person has to go through in order to finally get to that point where life is easier. But it's not easy. And it's to, – to get there, it's hard. And it's, uh, you know, anything that looks – when you look at somebody who really has, like, you know, has a pretty good going on, it just – it doesn't come overnight. I mean, unless, you know, you win the lottery or something like that. But – so, you know, once you – like I said, once you have that system built and all that, uh, it, it's not so hard anymore but you have to get there. And that's honestly like really hard to do. Otherwise everybody around us would be doing it. You know what I mean? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I like how you made the analogy about getting to the, the mountaintop and getting that, that, that golden nugget, getting that, that ultimate goal. And now that yeah. you, you've been there, you know what it took to get there. So now oh. you can come back down, take that knowledge and help bring more people up there as well. Yes.
1: Yep. And, and you know, like everybody's different though. Like, you know, I have a school and like you have different levels of goals and passion from each person. Not everybody wants to be the overachiever or no, not everybody wants to be the boss or that person on top or, you know what I mean? Like some people just, they want to, they want to reach their goal. And that's it. They're good. And they're going to coast from there. Like the goal may just be like, for me, like say, for instance, my school, it's just to get their license and to go work in a barbershop and that's it or to go work in a salon. But then you have some people who they're like, I want, you know, I want to be where you're at. I want to, I, uh, you know, a school or this or that. And, uh, it's like, okay, you know, that that's possible, but it's gonna, it takes a lot. It's not, well, I'm here and you see what I have now, but you didn't see the path that I took to get there. So, like, it's going to be, you're going to have some, some trials and tribulations to get to that point. But that's good that that person has that goal because you might have 20 people and only, you know, a couple of them might say that, but then you kind of see who's really putting in that effort that's really possibly going to be able to make it. You know what I mean, um, but they all have different goals, and uh you know some have huge goals, some just have you know just regular what they want might not be extreme to somebody, but to them that's what they want you know and my my goal is to make sure they reach their goal so
0: and the one thing that I noticed a lot about all of your your different salons that you have going on is that you make it fun. You make barbering fun. You make cutting hair fun and an experience as well. Like from doing all the different hair designs or seeing all the different posts you have on, on social media. I don't see a whole lot of barbershops or really hair salons in general that are really like engaging with their audience and engaging with the youth, the way, the way you have kind of talk about, you know, your mindset in your approach to your business and, and making it appealing like that. So,
1: okay, like for me, if you want to have a business where the community, your your business, wherever you're at, is going to be fed by your community. Your community is who helps your business grow, okay? If you're over in a dark corner of the city that no one knows about, when I say dark corner, I'm talking about you created a dark corner for yourself because you don't advertise. You don't create videos for your business. You just go to work. Your team's there. You guys are working. No one really might know about you except for the people that walk through the door. I try to create a vibe, a audience, like or not a not an audience, but like I try to create a vibe and like a I try to set a tone for the people that are in my area. You know, here in the Quad Cities, so that even if they don't come and get their hair cut with me, they're like, we know what's going on there. That looks fun. You know, if we put a video out. You know, it's like, oh, that's cool. They're, they're, they're in there working. They got people coming in and out. <clears throat> we, we set a tone for what we do. And so that creates a vibe. And what that does is open up room for conversation between strangers who don't know necessarily come into my shop or have been there or even know me personally. But it kind of paints a picture for them so that maybe one day when they can't go to their barber or they can't make it to the salon they usually go to they can say, well, I kind of like that. I like that little, you know, I like what they got going on in there. You know, it looks kind of fun or they can, you know, I, if I put, I'm constantly putting videos out, they can see like the atmosphere, what's going on on the inside, you know, how the chairs look, how the stations are set up things like that. And of course, if you make something funny or whatever, it just humor usually welcomes more people to your establishment. If you're really serious and stuff like that, people might be like a little intimidated. You know, there's some places out here that are beautiful, beautiful salons. Sometimes some people might be intimidated to go to those places because it might feel like it's out of their league. So sometimes if you go over the top, you're going to you're kind of setting yourself a little short. You know, Um, when I say that, for example, let's say that you have this extravagant, beautiful, uh, whether it's a salon or barbershop, marble floors, chandeliers. You know, everybody that works there is like, man, they go to the gym, they're top notch, their hair is perfect, like they're dressed so nice. You got to think the market out there that exists is a medium income market. Not everybody has that swag. Not everybody has that look to walk into a place like that and feel comfortable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just get off work and want to go in. They still haven't taken a shower and things like that. So when you have that over-the-top look, you're going to attract that kind of people, which is great. But for me, that level of that uh, demographics isn't as big as what's in the middle. And what's in the middle – and when you're in the middle, you're going to have people from down here or you're going to have people from up here that can come to here. You know what I mean? Okay. They're creating a happy medium for them. And that's just kind of like what I what I try to do, you know, just – create a nice vibe that is welcoming to anybody you know what i mean all doesn't matter your race your gender your style none of that like we want everybody to feel welcome so that's just like my approach on it um
0: so uh yeah and one thing i also like is because i've been to the new style shop several times and gotten my hair cut by several of the, the barbers That are there, and one thing that I always notice is that no matter which barber I go to, the cut is consistent. No, no matter who I go to, it's I know I'm going to get the exact same service no matter which barber I go to. Like, what was the process like to to get that kind of consistency in your shop?
1: I think honestly, nature kind of takes its toll on people. Um, When I say that, it's like let's say you have five people that graduate from barber college they're all not going to be as good as each other. They're just not. Like, that's just natural. That's normal. Like, you know, that's just how it is. Any, any industry, any hands-on thing, you have five welders, you're going to have a guy that's the top notch. Like, he is – all his welds are perfect. Out of the five, they're all good. They all, they all make the cut. But you have that guy that's really outstanding, you know, or whatever. In barbering, sometimes the confidence – your confidence has a lot to do with how good you're going to cut, to be honest with you. So like if you're. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm on a zoom. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. So if let's say a barbershop is really, it's like that known barbershop that puts out really good cuts. Sometimes an, an individual who's out of school or coming from another shop I've heard like people say that they're like, I don't know if, uh, if, if, I can, if I'm good enough to be there. I mean, I've heard people say that and, or, or they just know they are. Um, so that's one way that people end up where they're at. They know they can make the cut or not, you know? Um, and it's, it's kind of a cutthroat business in a way. And it's kind of a, a, a fine line for me because I'm a, I teach the barbers, you know, I educate them and I want them to all be top notch. And, uh, we get them to where they need to be. Some of them just try harder than others. And some of them are just better than others. That's just natural. That's just how it is. Like, you know, but that all is because how much effort they put into it while they're there. You know, are you watching the the instructors? Are you asking questions? Are you kind of sitting to the side playing on your phone? You know what I mean? So in the barbershop, it's just like to be consistent to get those to get the to get those workers that you just know. As oh, I'm gonna talk to you as a business owner, not let's just forget that I own a barber school, okay? Let's just wipe that out of the way. Cause I, we gotta keep it real. Okay, we gotta we gotta put the facts out there. Let's say I'm just you know, Joe Schmo, I own a barbershop. shop. I'm going to seek barbers by their skills, but also mainly, honestly their attitude. Because I've shaped people. I've I've helped people get way better than what they are just by, you know, encouraging them a little bit, saying, hey, you know what, come up here and watch me. Come up here and watch me cut. I'm going to show you some things. I'm going to show you some things you need to work on, how to get a little bit better. I notice that you're kind of, you know, you're not that great in this area. Let me show you how to do this. Or they themselves have come to me. Hey, I want to be better. What do I need to do? And we, we'll, you know, we show them. So when I was at the barbershop, I might have, you know, let's say five guys that work for me. Two chairs open. A new guy starts. He's kind of scared. He's he's not very confident. Uh, his haircuts are pretty decent. Uh, and that was mainly because I seen I heard about him. I might I may have heard about him. The, at the time he was going to the barber college, I got him Facebook. I check his haircuts out. I'm like, you know, he looks pretty. He looks like he's pretty good. You know, certain things about his haircuts look nice. So I can tell where he needs help. But then I kind of look at the things he posts on Facebook. How how does he act? And then I might meet him in person. You know, is he respectful? Does he seem like somebody who is going to be pleasant to work around? Things like that. Because if somebody has a nasty attitude, honestly, you you just can't teach it. You can't, you can't change them. That's just because of where they came from or things they went through in life. They're just the way they are. And there's kind of no changing that. So it's really hard, like, if you have somebody like that, I don't care if they're the best out there at doing it. Sometimes those people can be cancerous to the rest of your business because that could be negative or just just depends, you know. Like, personality goes far. So it's it's not just about how good they are at cutting the hair.
0: And that's one thing that a lot of people don't understand is that what you put on, on social media, like, is important because it, it can affect, like, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, it can affect your business. It can affect, sure. you know, your, your ability to, to get new clients, to, to expand your network. And uh, I was talking to a bunch of other guys on our previous podcast about the importance of, you know, protecting your mind on social media and you know, really watching, you know, your <laughs> presence and being mindful of, of your presence on social media uh, because, you know, you can, all it takes is one bad post and you're all gone.
1: Hey man, I've, I've been, I've, I fell into that hole a couple times. I'm not going to lie, you know, like I, uh, you know, not to get political, but just, you know, back when the, when we had the president running, I didn't like the, I like people by character, man. Honestly, like you can, you can have any kind of belief in the world. I don't really care. Like, I don't care if you're gay, straight, this, that, whatever, doesn't matter if you got a good character and you're respectful while you're in front of me and you treat me with respect. I don't care about what you believe in. I don't care about what you think or what, as long as you're not doing like weird, you know, inhumane or whatever, immoral things. But so like with the president, you know, I just didn't like the character of him. You know what I mean? Like I don't like the things he was saying. And so I was going on Facebook and posting like anti this, anti that because I didn't like it. Uh, and I'm not even really, and I'm not trying to get political because I try to stay actually really neutral about it. I don't really, I'm not really into none of that. Like, I'm not really, I don't like to say that I'm a Democratic or Republican. I just, I feel like it's all kind of just, to me, I don't know, I got weird thoughts on it. I got my own beliefs on it. And I think it just comes from me being kind of artistic. I always think outside the box and I try to look at the bigger picture of things I just feel like it's all you know. It's the same thing. You got you—they're creating a divide. You got people going against each other. Why is it got to be this or that? There should be very many options in between, and it's kind of like it's set up for not for it not to be. So I don't know, but yeah, I I got caught up in that putting things on Facebook, and you uh, know, people. Oh, why are you going on here saying this about this and that, man? You got a big platform. You know, you're just stirring stuff up and this and that. I'm like, hey, you know what? It is what it is. This is just what I believe in. Well, I mean, that was like, obviously, like four years ago, I was really into that, you know, doing all that. and um, Not to say, I mean, and I still stand on what I posted. I'm not taking none of that back. But I I really realized that, yeah, maybe I should stop doing this because it's kind of, you know, people are starting to get kind of mad. And so I kind of quit doing that, you know. But I still post some things here and there, though. I mean, don't get me wrong, I still will. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, but I just realized you gotta be in a a bit, when you're a business owner, you know, you really just gotta be conscious of what you're putting up because your best friend or, you know, your neighbor down the street, who you guys are cool, you know, drink beers together on the weekends, might have a different belief and you just offended the hell out of them because of something you posted and now it's like they're acting weird about it, you know, so it's the same with business, like I'm not going to that guy's business now because he said this or said that. Screw that guy, you know, or you just lost the money because of a post you put on Facebook. Or, But you still got to stand for what you believe in at the same time, you know. You, you got to kind of create a little bit of a happy medium for who makes you as a person. You just don't want to get too extreme with it. You know what I mean? Like, there was a way for people to, you know, put their beliefs out there in a positive neutral kind of way you know what i mean it's just when you get real radical and real extreme is when people are like whoa 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 this guy's kind of
0: but right. right exactly so let's switch gears here for a second and let's yeah. talk about let's talk about these uh these portraits you're talking about doing and, and people's hairs like you've been doing them for you know forever you know obviously you know, no no four or five years ago when the Cubs were making that World Series push, you were doing all types of, uh, types of Cubs cuts. You know, what really sparked the, uh, the love for you know, doing the porches in the hair?
1: So, <clears throat> you know, what I realized was, again, back to, you know, how to get momentum in the Quad Cities so that I can create a stronger brand. I noticed that anytime I do like some kind of crazy design and post it on Facebook, people around here would just like, you know, people like that, you know, it, 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 it people's attention and it, and it gets more engagement on what you're doing. So I started doing portraits and stuff like that. And it was like, who can do a face on the back of somebody's head? That's crazy. I kind of learned how to do that. And so anytime I would do it, I noticed like things would go viral. I did like a portrait of the, the, uh, Colonel Sanders on the back of this kid's head and like I I like fully colored it in and I took the kid to KFC and the people that worked there took pictures of his boss and they they sent it to their boss and it kind of went up the ladder of the corporate ladder and like just a couple days later the um, they were like district manager regional managers, managers or whatever were in town and they actually called me up and wanted me to bring the kid up to see it So I did. Wow! And the guy was like, "Oh my God! I've never seen anything like this." And I took pictures of it. And he's like, "Come out with me to my car." He's like, "I'm gonna give you free KFC for life." What? (laughs) Free KFC? So like, we went out to his car, and he like hands me these two big boxes of business cards that had like they they said like two piece meals on them. I mean, a box of business cards are like. I mean, you probably got a thousand business, business cards, you know, like the long boxes. I don't know if you're about box business cards. There's like a thousand business cards he handed me two of them. I just were, I was just giving them away to my clients. I'm like, here, you guys want, you want a, a free meal from KFC, but yeah, I got a free KFC for life. So if you like go to Google and Google my name, it says, you know, local barber, you know, wins free KFC for life. I don't really know if I necessarily like for real get free KFC for life because like I haven't tried to contact him. I'm all out of those cards and I haven't tried to contact him or anything to get more. It's probably a good thing that I don't because KFC is good, but it's right. not, not really good for you. <laughs> yeah. Um. But once I so back to what you know what you were saying like once I realize I can do like really crazy things and get big attention. I just was like, "Wow, the internet's it's huge." You know, it's crazy how how big this can go. Because I mean, it made it to the Huffington Post, Yahoo News, um, a lot of different things. I couldn't even really like CNN. Um, I've been on TMZ, ESPN, Sports Center, just all over different things because of different stuff that I've done with portraits. So when the, you know, the Cubs started getting that crazy momentum, and I've been a Cubs fan since I was young. I'm not like, I wasn't like a huge Cubs fan. I just always liked the Cubs. Like, I always had, like, uh, Cubs posters. I like the White Sox too, though. Just Illinois teams. Well, you know, when the Cubs started getting that big momentum, I'm like, you know what? It would be be really cool to do some type of one of the Cubs players on the back of somebody's head. And it just so happened that Jake Arrieta threw a no-hitter, I think, did he win a Cy Young that year? through a no hitter, and I mean, plus with him, you know, being the, the starting pitcher, going against it was the Padres, I believe. You know, started off that series that year, and I mean, I mean, we were so close. You know, World Series bound Cubs, this and that. So, I did the portrait, and I posted it. I tweet, I put it on Twitter, I put it on Instagram. You know, of course, I I hashtagged him the Cubs, all the different hashtags that would be smart to post. And then my phone was getting ready to die. So we went out to eat that night and I had my phone like to the side of the restaurant where I could see it charging in a plug-in. And all of a sudden, and I had the kid with me who, who I did the portrait on his head. All of a sudden this lady that was in the restaurant comes up and she's like, your head's on the news right now. And I was and, and, and I'm like, excuse me? And she's like, Yeah, his head's on it's on bleacher report. And I'm like, What? And so I like I I noticed my phone kept lighting up and stuff too. I kept I'm like, somebody trying to call my phone or something. I had it on silent, but so I went and grabbed it and sure enough, it was just going crazy. Like they tagged me and it started blowing up. And so like my I got a bunch of, you know, people noticing me from Chicago and next thing you know, I'm in Chicago doing interviews for you know, Fox Thirty Two or what is it? Is it Fox Thirty Two Chicago? Uh, ABC, ESPN, Telemundo, WGN. Oh yeah, WGN. Um, I, I mean, I did five interviews in a day, and I and I started the day off at like five in the morning. So it was it was a it was a hard day, I'm not gonna lie. Plus, it's it's kind of hard to do interviews if you're not like you know. I don't know. I'm just a barber from Rock Island. Like I never had to be in in front of the camera doing interviews and talking and stuff like that. But um, it was cool. You know, it was it was neat to be on that platform and have, you know, look up, look up on a TV screen and see my, you know, me on the news while I'm sitting in a coffee shop in downtown Chicago. I'm like, holy shit, there I am. You know, and like uh, we went to the game that day and had a couple of drinks while we were watching the, while we were there. I mean, I got nosebleed. I'm in the very top. I'm in the very last row of the game, like way, way at the top. I bought some tickets off a of scalper. After the game was over with, we rushed down to the bottom and we were like, Hey, Hey, like they didn't let, just let me in. They didn't buy me tickets. None of that kind of stuff. I asked, I asked the news reporters in the different places. Like, Hey, you think you give me some tickets? No, we can't do that. No, you know, I'm like, okay. so, uh, you know, like I said, we got the tickets off the scalper. After the game was over, we went all the way down to the where the little walls at and we're just yelling, hey, hey, hey we got you know, we got, we got the we we got the kid on our shoulders, you know, so he can so they can see him. Finally, they came over and let him run up let the uh, the, the boy run onto the field and he got to run up to Jake Arietta and the rest of the team, and then Jake nice. Arietta does, and we got to get down on the field, and next thing you know, I look over on the scoreboard and there I am on the scoreboard. I'm like, holy shit, I'm on the scoreboard right here with in, in the stadium so it was uh it was crazy, but it was it was like honestly one of the most memorable events of my life.
0: That's cool stuff, man, and then just lately you did one about the- the, the twisted tea <laughs> with, yeah. with that whole that whole meme that that went on, like yeah they talk about the the whole twisted tea uh cut
1: so the twisted tea thing. Now, now, now that I have this gift and this this skill, uh, what I need, what I do now is I take advantage of current events. So when I see something going on, and I know it's getting a lot of, there's a huge hashtags going on, a lot of momentum, a lot of engagement. I kind of try to hop onto that train, you know, I try try to ride that wave. So when I seen that twisted T thing going on, I said, you know what? It'd be it'd be kind of cool to do that in the back of somebody's head, and create this video where I like slap the dude with the can where it looks like I hit him. But then like when his head comes mm-hmm. back up, like you've seen the video, mm-hmm. like I came up with that whole, like, you know, that I did in my head and my cameraman did a really good job, uh, underground economy, Josh Graves, shout out. He, uh, he did a really good job at bringing that vision to life. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I cut the twisted tea can in the back of this kid's head. I fully hel- had it colored in. And what I use is like a, uh, they kind of look like eyebrow, pencils for like doing like makeup like eyeliner and stuff or I think it's I don't know if it's makeup or uh eyebrow or eyeliner but they're different colors I kind of use something sort of like that to color it all in so like uh yeah I mean things like that that is that are going on I just I try to take advantage of it so that you got a lot of people obviously looking up the video they're looking up hashtags of what's going on you know, see what it is all about. Well, that puts my stuff right in the mix with all that. So when I post something like that, I automatically get bigger likes, bigger following, bigger comments. And it just helps my social media grow. Like for a while I was big on Instagram and I kind of just gave up on it because like, I just didn't really, I don't know. It takes a lot of time, you know, to. You're going out of your way on your day off to do, to do things like that. And then you're spending a half a day on your phone all day, check commenting back because when someone leaves a comment, you kind of want to respond because if they see that you respond, they'll continue to comment on other things you post. If you don't respond to people, they kind of quit commenting. Unless you're just, you know, you got, say you got a million followers, you just can't comment on everybody. So right now I have like 28,000 followers on my Instagram And I'm trying to focus on growing that more this year. My goal is to get it up to 40,000. I think I can hit that. I'm pretty sure I can. So I'm going to continue to shoot these videos and do creative things and just, you know, kind of create some humor with it and, you know,
0: keep people engaged. And speaking of creative things, now you have um, you're doing these these uh, hair replacement systems where you're actually you're, you're you're making bald guys have hair again. This blew my mind. I want to know more about this and how this came about. So there's there's two different
1: systems that I have going on right now, and I'm gonna learn a couple more. Right now, I have one more for like guys with shorter hair. Um, the texture is more like of curly hair, kind of more. Dominican, Puerto Rican, maybe African, just more textured hair on top, you know what I mean? But short. So what I'm doing with that is I'm actually putting, I'm shaving the hair all the way down, bald to the skin, on top of the head. Of course, I leave a little bit of hair around the sides, up in, up in the parietal ridge area, up in here, but I'll blend it down at the bottom so that I can pretty much put glue on the top of their head And I have a way of attaching. I I can't put too much out there now because I'm going to have some education classes on this. But what I pretty much do is I attach artificial hair to the top of their head. And like, I pretty much sprinkle it on in a way and it stays, it sticks to the glue and I do enough of it where it looks real. Uh, I don't know if you can pull anything like that up or not to show the audience. I don't know if you have that, you know, how that works, but. I'll do it in post. I'll, I'll add some, some stuff okay, So that's one way that I do it, you know. I'll line them up. I mean, the lineup looks real. The blend looks real. That lasts for about two to three weeks depending on how well they maintenance it. They have to wear, like, some type of, like, a do-rag or, like, a wave cap at night so that it doesn't, like, smush into the pillows. Because once you wash your hair, it's gone. It's coming off. So it will last for, like I said, anywhere from two to three weeks, depending on how well they maintenance it. it you know, you spray a little bit of hairspray on top to really keep it locked in so that it's not falling off. And like I said, wear some type of covering over your head at night to protect it. So that's one of the things. The other one is an actual like toupee where it's more for longer, longer hair, like more straighter hair, I, curly hair too, actually, um, but just hair that's longer on top. And what I'm doing is guys that are going thin on top or even going bald, I'll actually remove all, like in a horseshoe shape, I'll remove the hair all the way back to the back of the crown area, completely remove it. And then what I'm doing is customize, uh, I'm custom cutting a actual hair toupee to fit on top of the head. Now those come at about a size of eight by 10. I have to measure their head, the head from the bald spot from one side to the other. And from where the hairline goes, straight back to where it's bald in the back. And then I had to make my markings on the actual toupee. And there's a special way of doing it. And then I have to cut that out. And then I put it up to make sure it fits. Well, those toupees, the hair is long. It's, it's probably about like six to eight inches. Uh, it's about six inches long or so, hanging down like a bowl cut almost. So then I had to cut all that hair away and blend it into the hair around the sides. So I advise the people that I've been doing that on that they have to let this hair right here grow out to about an inch to two inches long up in here so that the hair up here blends into it so that you can't tell they have a hair piece on. What I, you can, there's different ways to apply it. You can use tape, you can use glue, but when you apply it, you have to do your best in the hairline area to really attach it so that it looks real. Otherwise, you can see the, the fake hairline kind of. And, I mean, a, one way to do that is just you create a style where the bangs kind of lay down, kind of maybe go over a little bit to kind of hide that. But that, that stays on really good. It lasts, it can last up to six months before you have to replace the actual hairpiece. Uh-huh. Um, it doesn't stay on your head for six months. It'll stay on your head for about two weeks. And I kind of advise my clients that they can come back to me every two weeks and I can reapply it for them otherwise they can i kind of teach them to do it themselves how to put the tape on and how to reapply it because if they're in an emergency situation where it comes off for some reason they kind of should know how to do it themselves because if they can't get a hold of me they're just going to have to put a hat on until they finally run in you know until we can reconnect with each other for me to service them so it lasts like i said my a guy that I did, I did it on two weeks ago. He told me that it just came off a couple of days ago, but it was it lasted two weeks. So he he said he just put new tape up there, fills a little bit of glue in, in some of the spots where the tape doesn't touch, and reapplies it. And then he just restyled it, and it looks real. It's real hair. It comes from um, – there's different, different ethnicities, uh, Indian hair, Brazilian hair, African-American hair. It just depends on the type of hair texture that you have that you need to match up with, and there's companies out there that I order the hair from. The hair pieces themselves run about two hundred to two hundred and fifty dollars, just for the piece. For me to actually, I have to measure your head. I have to custom cut it, you know, to, to fit on top of your head. I have to cut the hair to blend in nicely you know all that the charge for that is about $650 all together all together yep that includes the hair piece and me doing everything I have to do for you to have hair on your head and people are so happy about it they're very amazed it's really life-changing for a lot of people like I show them that mirror they can't stop looking at themselves they're like oh my Uh god it's 16 years since I've had hair. Um, It sounds a little pricey, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a cosmetic thing. It's like a woman getting lip injections or her eyebrows, you know, tattooed on or Mm
0: -hmm.
1: breast implants or any, you know, any of that kind of stuff that falls in that same category. That stuff is not cheap, but it's because it's your appearance. You're paying for your appearance and your appearance is what gives you confidence. So really you're paying for confidence because some people might not feel super confident if you start going bald or you know, if you start getting a little out of weight or if you have a small butt, whatever the case may be, certain things can make you, can, me- can mess with your self-esteem or your confidence. And, and if I'm able to boost that by bringing hair back onto somebody's head, it makes me feel really good and people pay for it. So it's awesome.
0: I love it, man. I love it. I was
1: actually doing it to myself to be honest with you. Like seriously, like shaving the top of my head and like putting one on my head just so that I can be a promoter of my own product. Like that's, that's what I like to do. I like, I take things to the most extreme because it, as a businessman. You know I'm not lying to you. How, how, how can I convince somebody of a product that I have if I don't even use it? But if I'm like, look, I pull that sucker off and I'm like, look at that. You didn't even know I even had fake hair. You know what I mean? Even though right. I'm, I don't need to do it. My hair is super thick. But I was like, I should just do it just to do it. Just to sell it, you know, because it is, uh, it is lucrative. It's You can make a lot of money doing it, and uh, no one's doing it, you know. There's yeah. not very many people on the Quad Cities doing it, and I always try to find – I always want to – when it comes to hair, it's mainly men's hair. I don't really tap into the women's hair side of things, but when it comes to men's hair, I want to know how to do it all. And so that's why I got into it.
0: Okay. And how do you feel that you've changed the game? Obviously, we talked about the – the logos, designs, portraits, hair systems, how do you feel the shape of the, the hairstyling community has changed, you know, since you've you've been around in the game? I mean,
1: it's like anything, you know, you don't know what exists until you see someone else doing it. You know what I mean? Uh, The internet definitely helps us. The internet brings a lot of things to our attention, obviously, because we see it being done. But there's a lot of things that we see on the Internet every day, but we still don't attempt it. You don't attempt something until you know somebody down the street's doing it, though. Once you know your guy down the street's doing it and you're in the same industry, now you feel like you're being left behind. Oh, he's getting the, he's getting the notoriety for that. Oh, he's doing that. Oh, man, I need to step my game up. I need to do this now. I need to do that. It's kind of like that. You know, with the traveling that I've done, uh, you know, going around the different hair shows and stuff like that. I always try to find an opportunity to set myself apart from everybody else. And that's the reason why also that I started doing this and making videos and make sure that people can see what I'm doing is because I constantly want to be different. That is what people like. People like different. They don't like everybody always the same. Everything's always the same, same color, same, this. same that. When you can be different, stand out. That's what creates conversation. No one's going to talk about, the normal no one talks about normal people talk about off the wall things people talk about drama and people talk about weird things that are just not what everybody else is doing and weird doesn't mean to me the word weird I tell my kids all the time they call each other weird I'm like that's not even being weird is a good thing doesn't always mean you're bad doesn't it doesn't mean something bad being weird means you're different you're not like everybody else so thanks I am weird thank you you know like they call mm-hmm. me edry. Thank you. I want to be weird. I don't want to be like everybody else. And so that's what I constantly try to do in the hair business is do something not that no one else is really doing. Um, and it, it, it inspires people. I don't do it because, uh, you know, I just want to be like, you know, I want to feel like I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I just I wanna be different basically, you know, and um it inspires people, you know. People see that and they're like, I wanna try that. And it's cool because they try it and they do it. Some do it, some try it, some you know, it's just how it works. Some people can do it, some people can't, but it still inspires people and it it sets new levels and it raises the bar, you know. And so I've uh I've tried to um continually move forward in the business because my mindset is like i don't know like i've I've watched motivational <clears throat> videos on like kobe bryant and just his way of thinking his mentality is nuts and like honestly like if you know me know me know me know me you'll i i i got that mamba mentality like i i really do like Catch me, catch me on my day off in the barbershop shooting a video till eight o'clock at night. You know, catch me in the. I do a whole full day of work. Go to UT. Oh, I didn't mention that earlier. I, I also teach at U, UT High School now. I got my vocational program at the high school, so I do that three days a week. I'm there at seven thirty in the morning until nine thirty. I leave there. I go to the barber college till five thirty, and when and usually that's when I do the a hair piece for somebody. So I do a full day. And then I stay extra to get these, you know, to do some of these hairpiece, and I might be there till eight o'clock at night. Like, I, 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 put a lot of work in. Where like, to the point now where like my knees are starting to hurt, my shoulders are starting to hurt. But I mean, it's, just, it's all part of the game, you know. You, you go hard, you're gonna, you're gonna feel it. But uh, you know, I just, uh, I constantly just try to move forward and just work my butt off because. You never know what's gonna to happen tomorrow, you know. Right, you gotta you got leave a legacy behind. You gotta set the bar for other people to follow, to, to something to aim for, and I don't know. Never said
0: they'll never stop, right? Yeah. Love it. All right, Miguel. So, give any uh, tips for aspiring entrepreneurs? Anybody who wants to get into to business, not not necessarily you know barbering, but just business in general. Okay, honestly, yeah, like
1: there's so much there's so much that I could tell people like if anybody out there wants to have they want you want to play around with some ideas, get a hold of me. Like one of the reasons why I feel like I'm successful, it's not just because I'm good at cutting hair and I've had it, and I have a gist, I have something that sets me apart. I mean, that's a part of it. Really, that, that's a part of it. But I know how to sell myself. I know how to find things out there and, and, and merge them into what I'm doing to make myself stand out and be different. That's what it takes. You got to be different. You got to create a solution to a problem. When you can find a solution to a problem, you're, you're, you're becoming more valuable. You're creating a way to make money. But it takes a lot of hard work. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, first of all, you need to have a big network. Who do you know? Do you have a big family? Do you have a lot of friends? You have to have a, you have to know a lot of people. So if you, if you have kids in a family and you want to be a family man, it's going to be hard to do both. You, you, my, I got lucky and I had a network before I got into being a family man. But I even, I even steal from my kids sometimes. I, steal, I, I take time from them. I say stealing because I should be dedicating all my time to them now. But it's hard. I had to create a balance. I was like, look, tell my wife, sorry, I, I got to stay late and do this today. But, you know, this and that. I'm like, just trust me. It's going to pay off. I, you know, I'm trying to get us to this point, And you'll see. It's, we'll get there. So it takes a lot of sacrifices. But you have to build a network, build your network, know a lot of people, go to go to events, uh, you know, reach out to people, call me. I've called people on the phone, strangers. I find somebody on Facebook, I call them or I message them on Facebook or I message them on Instagram. Hey, how'd you do that? What did you use? What product did you use? You mind if I call you? You mind if I call you and have a 15 minute conversation with you? I'll pay you for your time if I have to. Like, I just I want to know some things. Could you help me? Don't be scared to ask. You know what I mean? Just because you don't know them, it's a stranger, it doesn't matter they might be willing to help you. I'll help you, call me, I'll give you some advice. I don't care if it's a restaurant, I don't care if it's a a clothing store, a logo, you want help, you want some ideas on how to create a logo, uh, the name of your business, the colors, like, you know, I have a creative mind and I just, uh, I I take advantage of it and and, uh, I don't know, I'm just, I'm here to help you. So, you know, like I said, build that network, know as many people as you can because for me right now, I know like probably 5,000 people in the Quad Cities or more. So imagine if I sold real estate, I could quit cutting hair right now and sell real estate and it would, it would, I would have no problem with it. I'd go sell cars at a car dealership. Uh, I could close my doors at the barber school and start a construction business selling real You know, it, it doesn't matter. Like I can make it happen because of my network and you have to know how to talk. Can you talk? Can, are you sure what the things you're saying? Do you, do you know 100% of the product you're trying to sell? Do you know the insides and outs of it? Do you know the ingredients that are in it? So that if somebody asks you a question, you can spit it out with no hesitation. Because if you stutter and you hesitate on what your words, guess what? You failed. Your, your product is no longer valid because the person who is selling it, which is you, didn't even know how to answer that question with 100% confidence. You just lost the sale. On to the next. Like It's things like that that there's a lot that goes into it, but uh, I mean, I don't know. I kind of got all this stuff from just as a kid. I used to shovel snow, 12 years old shoveling snow. I had a paper out. I used to cut grass. We used to sell candy bars for the school. My mom would take us to a liquor store outside the liquor store. Talking to people as they're coming and going, not even scared. Hey, sir, would you like to buy a candy bar? You ask that question 20, 50, maybe 100 times a day. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to win this bicycle. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just, you can't be scared to talk to people. That's another thing. Just, uh, I don't know. There's, there's, like I said, there's a lot that goes into it. And my mind is like racing, just thinking about it. And I get like pumped up and like energized. But I would love to help anybody who needs any advice on anything. Hit me up.
0: Another uh, follow-up question is how do you stay like in tune to what's going on in your field so that you're always a step ahead of everybody? Was that a question somebody asked?
1: Um, no, no. that's just uh, one oh. of my questions. Okay. How do I stay in tune to my field so that I can stay above, so I can stay ahead of everybody else? So what you have to do, sometimes people say, well, if you study your, If you have if you have time to study your competition, it takes it takes away from from your focus. True, but not true. If you don't know what your competition's doing, how do you notice? How do you know to stay ahead of them and how far ahead of him to stay? If I'm racing against you, do I want to just barely beat you, or do I want to smoke you? so that you can't catch up to me. I I want to smoke you. I don't want you to catch up to me. So while I'm running, as long as you're not on the side of me, I'm good. But I might turn my head a little bit to make sure you're really back there because I need to know where you're at so that I need so that I know how much faster to take off running. You know what I'm saying? So you got to keep up with your competition. And that's just normal. McDonald's does it uh clothing stores corporate companies do it all the time you look at your competition how are they advertising how creative is their advertising how quality is their videos how good does it sound what message are they putting out now you got to think what can i do to sound better to look better to create a better vibe um You know, it's not, for me, it's not even about how good a haircut looks. It is, it is. On a scale of one to ten, a haircut could be a seven, but if that person that did that haircut that's only a seven out of ten has a great personality, nicer smile, a better look, they dress nice, they act more professional, uh, they follow with phone calls, they look you in the eyes and shake your hand and say, I appreciate your business, have a great day, I can't wait to see you for your next haircut. That person is going to have way more clientele than the other guy who does a 10 out of 10, perfect haircut, not a hair out of place, but does not give two shits about the client really, or acts. They just kind of have that vibe where they just don't really care. Like they're like, Oh, you know, I'll see you next time. See ya. Like it's about the perception you put out there into people's eyes. It's about watching your, watching your, uh, watching your, your, your competition to see how they do it. Do it better. You know, uh, do it more clever, be more colorful, be more bold, be more loud, um, more positive, be more smiley, uh, be, be funnier. You know, throw some humor in what you're doing. Um, things like that, you know. And then of course, it, it depends on who you're targeting because sometimes you don't want to overdo it at the same time. If you're going for an elegant feel, you're not really going to be too funny and too colorful. You're going to be more a little more serious, a little bit more classy, more like, you know, you tone it down a little bit, but it just depends. So you kind of have to know and understand who you're trying to target so that you know what to bring
0: to the table and what to put out there. Nice. Now, before we we wrap things up here, Miguel, how can people find you? If they want to reach out to you about, you know, business advice about learning more about your business, you know, you know, calling you up for a haircut. How can they, how can they reach out? They
1: can reach out to me. If they want a haircut, they have to go on a booking app. It's called Booksy B O O K S Y. You have to download an app and that's how you book. Otherwise you can come up to my barber college and I have a lot of talented students that can, I do a great job on anybody. It doesn't matter. Man, woman, whoever, whatever kind of hairstyle you want, the haircuts are only ten dollars at the barber college. Kids are eight dollars. And if you're military or if you're a senior, the haircuts are only seven dollars. If you're wanting a professional haircut, you can go to the barbershop shop, which is a new style barbershop, and you can just call seven nine seven nine seven one three or you can show up and I have seven or eight guys that are there that can service you otherwise if you're looking for more of the salon hair color things like that we have the hair salon out in Davenport on west uh 53rd street in the old Kelly's where this old strip mall where Kelly's Irish pub used to be the phone number is 563-484-9833 and um, if you want to get a hold of me directly for any kind of questions, you can, you can email me at newstylebarbershop1, like the number one, at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram under newstyle84. You can uh, direct message me on Instagram. You can uh, direct message me on Facebook. Go ahead and message me on there. Um, I, I think that it's a little easier to do it that way. Just direct messaging me some people might want to be more professional and you can email me if you want it doesn't matter i don't i don't i don't judge the the level of professionalism whether you email me or you know dm me it doesn't matter you you can get a hold of me those ways as well and uh you know maybe throw some ideas around uh you know, I love I love meeting new people and, and I like to have conversations with people who have big ideas, who have big goals they want to reach. Um, a lot of the times, those kind of people who have those big ideas and those big goals usually get laughed at. You get laughed at and people point at you and say, man, you're not going to do that. You can't do that. That sounds like something that, you you know, no way you can't do that. You know, and I've been I've been that guy plenty of times where people were like, man. There's no way you're going to – you can't have a barber college. You can't – you're not going to do that. You, you know, like, okay, that that just puts fuel on my fire. Like, you're giving me one more person to prove wrong. Thank you. Like, so if you're one of them people, let's share some ideas. Let's, uh, let's network. And uh, I got a big network of people that I could probably connect you with. So that's the other good thing about getting a hold of me is that depending on who it is or what it is that you're trying to do, I may be able to lead you into the right direction so that you can make your task and your goal that much easier for yourself. Because that's another thing is once you get connections, the things that you're trying to accomplish become much easier because you have the one that does all the work. You can let other people help you do the work, Costs a little money sometimes, but sometimes it's much better than you
0: trying to do it on your own. Good stuff, man. Well, Miguel, thank you again for stopping on the podcast and sharing, man, and just spitting nugget after nugget after nugget after nugget about business, about entrepreneurship. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people out here right now who are definitely going to be taking a lot of the things you've been talking about and are going to be applying that to their own business as well. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I hope I didn't I hope I didn't put
1: too much like I didn't talk your ear off where it's like, man, sometimes I get scattered brain. But I, I hope you guys like what you heard. And uh, just like I said, get a hold of me. And thanks for having me on the show. I, it, this is actually my first podcast. OK. I've done. I mean, I've had like, you know, I've done like this Zoom things and stuff like that, but I haven't been on a podcast yet. So this was this was pretty cool, man. I, hey, I like I like what you're doing keep up the good work man and uh you can have me back anytime just you know get a hold of me and i'll even you know if you have a live set bar me like or i can come
0: there physically just let me know for sure man for sure and everyone at home thank you for checking out another episode of the 100 series everyday awesome podcast stay followed to us on facebook instagram twitch twitter all the things, make sure you are following Miguel Rosas as well, so you know exactly what he's up to at all times, thank you all, wishing you all peace, prosperity, and positivity, take care of yourselves, and as always, keep it 100.